Hello and welcome to the podcast of the damned. I'm your host Ian and joining me as always this week is my co-host Nico. How's it going buddy? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. We've obviously been on a little bit of a break for the past few weeks so I just want to say before we go any further a big thank you to everyone who's been listening to us. We've still been continuing with really good download numbers over the past couple of weeks. I want to say a big thank you to you as well Nico for being very patient with me over the past couple of weeks. I do appreciate it and uh Yes, uh, I'm glad to be back. Are you glad to be back? Yes, I am actually. I've been missing it. There was a like... moment, a pause there, when I was a bit worried. I was just like, oh no, has he been relieved for the break? <laughs> the, the pause was because of one reason, one reason only. You know, I have that foot thing and I hate it. I had a cat next to my foot who's been licking <laughs> me all day. That's why I was shitting it for a second. I'm like, what's your way to do? Oh, dear, uh, oh, yeah, so no, no. Uh, I'm glad to be back because I've been missing it, I'm not going to lie. Fair enough, fair enough. Yes, no, it's good to be back. So yeah, a big thank you to everyone who's been continuing to download our episodes and supporting us across our social medias. It's been very much appreciated. But we are a horror podcast that deep dives into a different topic every single week in our quest to create a leaderboard of the best and worst horror movies of all time. This is episode number 38, and in today's show, we're talking about an American werewolf in London. It feels like, right, this is an episode topic that we've been talking about doing for a really long time but for some reason it just kept sort of getting pushed back and pushed back and i know because i thought you'd a guest for it that's why i I had no guest for this episode so um it's it's just me and you it's just the two of us today so i confused myself for some reason you did confuse yourself nico you did but um before we get into the socials, before we do anything else, just a reminder that we will obviously talk about heavy spoilers in this episode. So if you haven't seen An American Werewolf in London, go away, pause this episode, go away, watch the film, come back and listen to what we have to say. If you don't mind spoilers, then just keep listening. Um, Nico, obviously you're very familiar with our leaderboard. Where do you think yep. An American Werewolf in London is going to come? Hmm. See, I think it's going to be quite low. You think it's going to be low? Okay. Yeah. So we, this is the 36th movie that we've covered. It's episode 38, but it's the 36th movie that we've covered. So I think about 22 to 25, that's what I read. Oh, so just just below halfway-ish, you're saying? Yeah. So 22 to 25. So currently, though, that's four mo- those four places are currently held by The Cottage, uh, The Faculty, Hocus Pocus, and Splinter. Yeah, probably around about there. So that means it's on average going to get around a 6.6, 6.7. That's the score, sort of score it needs to get to be in and around those places. That's interesting. I thought you were going to say higher than that. See, I, I thought it would be around about a 7, but then, yeah. Well, that, so, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, that's still in that sort of ballpark, isn't it? It's still kind of... Yeah in and around there uh let's just quickly do some housekeeping uh if you'd like to support us across our social medias you can do so we're on twitter at damned podcast we're on facebook and instagram at podcast of the damned we're on patreon patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned i'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a couple of seconds you can also email us uh pod of the damned at gmail.com nico where can people find you uh well there's my only fans and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's 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 my, not joking. My, my porn hub. My... <laughs> Basically, no, guys, join the Facebook group, and Nico's on there. Yeah, that I'm I'm older. I'm giving up 
trying to plug your Twitter. I have been on it. You have been. You messaged me. Yeah. See, I even used that. And I, so, igno- yeah. and I ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even sure if I was using it right. Like, I don't know if I'll do it. It was me. It was me. Um, just as I said, um, we're going to tell you a little bit more about the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash pod of the damage. You can subscribe to us there for as little as £1 a month. You get loads of bonus content. There will be a new mini-sode coming out there. This uh, Actually, the day after the release of this episode. So this episode, um, as we are recording, comes out tomorrow. Uh, and so on Wednesday there will be a new episode published on our Patreon uh, which will get released here on the podcast this weekend so if you want early access to that episode sub to us on our Patreon patreon.com forward slash pod of the damn from as little as just one pound the episode topic that I'm, I'm discussing on the Patreon this week is a controversial one where I'm talking about a Serbian film I have not seen that yet You've not seen it. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not maybe like ultra gruesome? It's yeah. It's hideous. It's it's. I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to give away all sort of, all my sort of points. But uh, it's grim, and that's that's being kind. Okay. But uh, aside from that, Nico, any other horror stuff you've been watching this week? Uh, no, I've not really had time. I've been working, so mm, I've not cool. had a time to watch anything. I'm dying to see the new Marvel that's out, the Multiverse of Madness, but oh. I've not even had time for that yet. Well, as you know, I'm not like I'm not a huge, huge Marvel guy. Um, uh, so everyone's going crazy about Multiverse of Madness, and I'm just sitting here being like, uh, it's 184 days until Halloween ends comes out. <laughs> <laughs> see um, i i like the last one which was the the spider-man one and uh this one folk are saying is actually better than that and i'm like it really really i'd be shocked if there's two movies that close together that's that good yeah well we'll we'll just have to wait and see i guess uh this week obviously i watched an american werewolf in london the only other horror thing i've really watched this week is i watched halloween resurrection Ooh. which uh you know, that's always in, an interesting watch. Not for any other reason other than I just wanted to put something on, so... Uh, was it but, something you wanted in the background or did you actually watch it? I mean, I actually watched it, but I wasn't like, fully... I mean, obviously I've watched it a hundred times, but... You know me. You know me in the Halloween franchise, we go way back. Yes, this is very true. But, uh, but shall we talk about today's episode? Go for it. Right, we're talking about... An American Werewolf in London. Did you hear that? What was it? A coyote. There aren't any coyotes in England. What happened to them? Well, the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic. Must have been a very powerful man. Jack and I were not attacked by a man. It's an animal. Wolf. Did he say a wolf? Yes, I believe he did. Did you get a good look at the man who attacked you? Doctor, my memory is fine. It's my sanity I'm beginning to worry about. You've never had bad dreams before? Well, sure, as a kid, but never so real, never so weird. I'm going to look into your eyes. 
my friend Jack was just here. Your dead friend, Jack. Hi, David. He told me that I will become a monster in two days. The supernatural, the power of darkness, it's all true. Please believe me. Believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? You'd be surprised what horrors a man is capable of. Are you all right now? I don't know. I'll let you know the next full moon. I'm a werewolf. You're going to change. You'll kill people. You'll become... I know. A monster. David, don't lose control! Your control? What control? David, I can help you. No, I'm not safe to be with. you got to stay away from me. This movie was released in 1981, written and directed by John Landis, and stars David Naughton, Jenny Agutter, and Griffin Dunn. The IMDb plot is as follows. Two American college students on a walking tour of Britain are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. Taglines for this movie, Beware the Moon and a Masterpiece of Terror. They're pretty basic. Yeah, I thought they would be. Uh, Nico, am I going to assume this wasn't the first time you watched this? Definitely not, no. Now, we've we've talked about... I mean, I, actually, I think on this show, is this the first werewolf movie that we've covered? Uh, yeah. We've I done zombies, so. we've done vampires. Uh, we've done quite a few vampire movies, in fairness. Um, did we do Dog Soldiers on this one yet? We haven't done Dog Soldiers, no. We need to do Dog Soldiers. We do need to do... I'm just going through the list. And, just and remember, last time we talked about Dog Soldiers, you said we were going to do the pissed up version. We are going to do the the direct the 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 directors the directors commentary. Yeah, it's like the pissed up cast and crew, and everyone's getting pissed watching yeah, it. So we'll, 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 we'll do both. Um, but uh, as werewolf movies go, um, how does American Werewolf rank for you? See, it used to rank quite high. <laughs> Used to, yeah. So what but changed? after rewatching it and going through all and everything, it's come down in my estimations a little bit. Oh, wow. Okay. So I came into this, and obviously, you know, we 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 you know we discuss you know what movies that we're going to talk about on the show, but we never really get into our specific sort of feelings about them. But before we actually come on the show, because that's kind of how we want it to be. You know, we want to sort of be a little bit surprised by each other and, you know, and things like that. Obviously, you know, we'd, we'll say, oh, let's do, like, a really shit film or something like that, but... um, yeah. So I had no idea, like, how you are going to feel about this, but I kind of guessed that you were you were going to be really, really high on this film. So I find it really interesting that, to learn that you've, you've come down a bit upon it on a, on a recent watch. See, I used to be so high on this movie, like, really, really high, and there are still certain bits in it that I'm still really high on, but no, after a rewatch, I, I watched it twice, just because the first time I rewatched it recently, I was like, wow. Uh, and then the next time, I'm like, yeah, that just confirmed everything I was just thinking. So, and I'm like, yeah. So obviously, you know, I said at the start, you know, uh, before we came on air, that I think my opinions of this film might surprise you a little bit. Um, yeah. But after hearing that, I'm not so sure they will anymore, because you know what? I feel exactly the same. 
Yeah, because like I, I know this sounds weird, but see if you watch this. Like the more you watch it, the more I don't want to say it gets worse, but there's more like you're like it's it's not as good as I remember. If that makes sense, the nostalgia part of this movie is very high. This movie absolutely 100% relies upon the 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 nostalgia factor because I remember you know I hadn't watched this for quite a while, and yeah. um, but I always just held it so high in my thoughts as you know this is sort of the definitive uh werewolf movie um and i still think you know if you're going to show someone werewolf movies listen this is not to say that i dislike this movie because i do still like this movie and there's a lot of good aspects to them and i'm sure we'll break them down but there's issues with this movie and i'm not even sure this makes you know my top three anymore Whereas previously, yeah, you know, I would have, I would have put it up in my top three. I know Dog Soldiers is your number one werewolf film. Oh, hundred percent. Dog Soldiers yeah. is my number two werewolf film. Um, Ooh, what's your number one? My number one is Ginger Snaps. Oh, I, see, that's my I, number three. See, I love that film so much. I actually think that's a perfect film. You know, if the if, if well, not if we will cover that at some point. You know, that could be my perfect ten. Really, I love that film so much that I could just watch it over and over and over again. I really love that film. Dog Soldiers is a is a pretty close second. I love that film too. So you know, um, yeah, but I just don't think American Werewolf in London is really up there for me anymore. I I know it's it, I know it sounds so bad, but it's it's just because it's come down in my estimations like so much though that I'm I'm like slightly upset by myself. I, I yeah, because you know like when I put out the feelers across the social media asking for everyone else's opinions, most of the people and most of our sort of fellow podcasters and people that we've had on this show, you know, are all so high on this movie, and you know they they are absolutely entitled to feel like that, and we're certainly. You know, that's one of the things we do on the show. We don't discourage people from liking films. If you love this film, great, go and love this film. But I, I, I felt a little bad watching it and being like, oh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like I'm like as you as I've gotten older, I maybe just don't find the humor as funny anymore because I remember this being like a really funny film. Yeah, and... I remember it being absolutely hysterical and like, don't get me wrong, one character is still quite funny, but. It's just, it's not as good as what it used to be. Yeah. yeah. But, um, shall we talk about the things we like first? Let's let's start on some highs. And I'm pretty confident then, based on what we've just said, that we're probably going to be picking similar things here about, uh, you know, what's good about this film. And I think we can both definitely agree on that this still has, despite the fact that it's 41 years old, one of the best transformation scenes in a werewolf movie of all time. Oh yeah, 100%. It is so good. You like, know, you hear the bones crunching and everything, and that you get into it and you feel that pain, you know what I mean? And, and I think what I like about it, and it's something that we don't get anymore, and especially with the sort of dawn of CGI, because let's not forget, you know, this is 1981, this is all practical effects. Um, mm. We see the full transformation as well. Every single part of his body, from his hands to his feet, his ears, you know, his back, you know, we see the full transformation. Even in yeah. movies like we're talking about, like in Dog Soldiers, you don't really see the transformation scene in Dog Soldiers. You know, they hide behind a table or a couch or, you know, something like that. Yeah, which benefits it. That's just because they had that because of the budget. Yes, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. But here, because you get to see that full transformation scene, because it's practical effects, and because that 
particular it just stands up so so well yeah that I don't. I don't think. Like I say, it's one of the best transformations. It's it's the best, right? Can you think of yeah. another sort of transformation scene that's as good as this? Uh, no. And the other one that I can compare it to that, like, is the opposite end of the scale. If you know what I mean, is the howling one. Mm-hmm. Like similar time and everything. You look at the special effects of that compared to this, and this just blows out the water. It does. It it it, it completely blows it out the park, and um. You know this this movie did actually win an oscar this is an oscar winning movie it won an oscar for best effects it was actually the first year that that category was um a thing good because like even the dead folk with all their like how they're going even that is like the special effects are not as brilliant yeah yeah oh absolutely the deterioration like the deterioration of jack as this movie goes on is incredible and then you know later in the film when we get to see you know all of his all of his other victims you know the all the effects of this movie are are, are pretty top tier to be honest yeah like if i would say this film is fully deserved but what what kind of annoys me about that is like don't get me wrong i think this film is fully deserving of getting that accolade but how many horror films have we seen that have got fantastic practical effects mm-hmm. just be completely snubbed you know, for for recognition, because if anything, you know, horror films are sort of that. They're they're your sort of core when it comes to these sorts of practical effects. You know, you you, you know, you're not going to get this kind of effects when it comes to you know romance films and okay, you'll get them maybe in like some action films and and fantasy things, but you you know what I'm saying? Like horror, it's kind of at the core of horror uh, that there's going to have to be some sort of effects, be it prat, you know, be it um you know wounds or just weird weird shit happening through you know uh haunting you know there's there's just gonna have to be effects yeah there's in... there's got to be something in it that shows you a transformation normally yeah like in in decent ones or if it's not showing a transformation it's showing a brutal kill you know what i mean yeah exactly 100 percent. um so i think for me that's probably like the biggest positive i can say about this film i don't i that's that's the thing no matter what we're about to say what we're about to criticize this film for this has possibly some of the best practical effects in any horror film and the best transformation scene of a werewolf film of all time yeah 100 percent. good well i'm glad i'm glad we're in agreement on that Aye, but we're we're never going to disagree on that because everyone knows that universally, really. Like, if, if you think the special effects in this are shit, really get your eyes checked. Yeah. You know, we don't often, you know, again, you know, we're not a podcast that says, you know, people's opinions are wrong, but if if you genuinely think that the effects in this are bad, you're just wrong, right? If, if you think the effects in this are bad, what the fuck have you been watching? Share with us so we can see what's better. I know exactly. So that's that's my biggest plus. What would you say? What's do you have other p- plus points? I have a couple others as well. But you, you know, is there anything in particular in terms of positives around this movie that you want to talk about? A, a small mention is it's got my favorite comedian of all time in it. Would that be Rick Mail? That that would be a drop dead Fred guy. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> well, it, and this kind of just has a a gluttony of British actors that, you know, some have gone on to do really great things. Some have gone on to, you know, be quite locally famous as well. Um, I wrote a few names down and uh, first up is Rick Mayall. Now, I'm not sure 
how many of these names might be familiar to some of our some of our listeners from around the world. Rick Mayall, in my opinion, is probably one of the greatest physical comedians that's ever came out of the UK. Yeah. Um, like, he's you, you, just, like, all the stuff with the young ones, uh, right through to doing the bottom stuff and all that, it's just, it's, he's so good. I, I remember growing up, I, I loved, and I still do, I loved bottom growing up. And for those who don't know what bottom is, it's a, it's a, a UK sitcom. Um, it only ran for what three seasons? Ah, it's like a gross-out sitcom. It's, um, it's very slapstick. It's, it's very low-brow humor, um, but incredibly funny. Like you say, he did his work with the young ones and uh, and like uh, Drop Dead Fred and and some other things as well. Incredibly funny guy. Um, taken from us far too young. Yeah, like the, the movie version of Bottom is uh what's it called again guest Hotel. house paradiso that's the one guest house paradiso if, if you want to see what movie. it's like yeah like that movie is the worst episode of bottom but it's so good yeah it's still funny um for those of you here in the i think bottom is on netflix um is if it? it's not i think it is i think it's on netflix if it's not on netflix it's probably going to be on the iplayer yeah um Try and check it out. If you're into sort of lowbrow slapstick style comedy, definitely up there. But he's not the only one that's in this. We've also got uh, David Schofield, who's in this, who is a significantly more famous actor. He's been in things like Gladiator. He was in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Brian Glover, who's the the guy who, the bald guy who kind of tells the story. He was in Alien 3. Um, Yeah. John Woodvine, who plays the Doctor, he's a, he ended up being in, I think, pretty much every UK uh, soap opera known to man. He was in The Bill, he was in Coronation Street, he was in Casualty. So a very familiar face to those of us here in the UK. And um, did you notice that Bricktop is in this? Yeah, he, I noticed it in the second rewatch. He's a, like the taxi driver. He's the taxi driver, Alan Ford. Probably best. Well, he's not probably best known. He is Bricktop. Um, yeah. From for those of you who don't know, he yeah. So just a whole cast of really kind of fa- really famous British actors. It's very it's a very generational cast here. You know, um, I don't, I'm not sure a lot of our uh, a lot of younger viewers would maybe recognize the faces. Yeah. Like. A lot of it is like prime eighties and nineties stuff, to be honest. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, which is obviously you know when you and I grew up. You know, you grew up in the eighties, yeah. I grew up in the nineties. Um, so you know that's that's probably why they're just so familiar to us, um, and probably we're so fond of them as well because again, it's that nostalgia thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah. And um, we're talking about this film. Big part of this film being its nostalgia factor, and and if you're from that generation in the UK, you're going to see these faces and you're going to remember them and you're going to remember them fondly. You know, out of all the, the, the ones that I've just sort of uh, mentioned, you know, Rick Rick Mayall, I don't actually think, has a speaking line, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think he does. I think um, he just goes, huh, like that, as if he's the way to say something that doesn't actually say it. Yeah, and you just see him, you know, playing a few chess moves. Yeah. Um. So, sorry, I just had to take a little drink there. For, I, I have a tickly throat, so, you know, I might have to take a, a little sip here and there. But yeah, so um, the, the casting, they got done pretty well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. And uh, 
it, it's such a good way. Like the the pub scene where they all are in that pub. It it just I've been in bars like that, but it, well, you're not local. Yeah, where you walk it, in and it just falls silent. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> well, one of the things about this film is though. Obviously, it's called An American Werewolf in London, and for the large majority of this film, it is set in London. Does it ever say where these moors are supposed to be? No, but they definitely look Cornish to me. Because, you know, a lot of these actors that, you know, I, I think in specifically, you know, like Brian Glover and things like that, a lot of them are from Yorkshire. Uh, um, So, which is not corn. I'm not massively well knowledgeable about it. No, that. no, you're I'm right. Not... It's a, it, yeah, but it... it... It's just the way that they're like, like, yeah. Um, but this whole sort of opening sequence is possibly for me as well as as a horror film because this is a horror comedy, so it has to still have those horror aspects. And for me, there's really two sort of sequences that really do exemplify the horror in this film. One of them is this entire opening sequence. I think they did a really excellent job in that opening, you know, fifteen minutes of. You know them coming into the pub, sort of getting that old the the classic like harbinger syndrome where you know it's like oh you know don't go across the moors stick to the roads and all of that jazz to uh, them actually ignoring it. I think that, that that's just I think it's just really good horror. Yeah, and because it's like you, I've been in places like that. Where like oh don't go here, don't go that, but this is the rough part of town, all that sort of shit or. Don't go near there because we've got the wild black cat and the, the the heath and all that fucking shit. And you're like, yeah, totally right. But uh, in this, it's that fear that yeah, you're gonna get got. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we, like you say, we've we've definitely all been there because you know, whilst even though you know, Nico, we live in a city, we live in a relatively remote part of the country. You know, outside of, if you go anywhere outside of where we're from, you know, it doesn't take far for you to suddenly be in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you could definitely go hide in the forest somewhere very close near here. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm sure you're the same as me, where you've ended up, you know, somewhere in the Shire and, you know, and you end up at, like, in the middle of nowhere on a night out and you're a little bit pissed and you're just, like, walking through a field. Yeah, you know, I, I have woke up in the local park before. Yeah, that's, we've that's all we've all one. been there. So I kind, I you know, I could I could kind of relate to these two guys a little bit, um, as well. And it, I, f- I also feel like it's a very, I don't I don't even want to say British. I think it's a very Scottish thing when they come in, they ask for coffee, and they're like, "No, we do beers and spirits." Aye, uh, <laughs> that's it. You know, <laughs> can I get a soda and lime? No, we don't do cocktails. Like, 20 years ago, if you'd went into a bar and asked for a coffee, you'd have probably got something thrown at you. Yeah, they'd have made you a coffee and then thrown it over you. They, they wouldn't have had anywhere to make the coffee. They would have just launched something at you and went, why is it a fuck up? Yeah, you'd have thrown, <laughs> you, you'd have thrown one of those fucking darts at you. <laughs> probably uh, not that bad, but no. close. Probably a beer bar, at least. Maybe a beer bar, yeah. So, but, so, yeah, so that whole opening sequence, I think does a really good job it builds the tension really well you've got included in there some great special effects again um obviously with the death of jack and so just some you know this is where you get all of those sort of character actors and those great sort of british old generation of actors in there as well so i i think um i think this is just they, they set this movie up to be a great success in this opening scene it's probably one of the better opening scenes to a movie that you're gonna get yeah now for Definitely. me the other scene 
that really exemplifies horror. Um, well, actually, do you think you can you can guess which scene I'm going to talk about? I'm trying to think which one it would be. Because it's definitely not the end, that's for sure. No, it's uh, not the end. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Is it the bit where it's like the scare at the mirror? But he's just standing behind him. No, it's not. It's not. I um, thought it would have been classic that, horror that... trope there. No, uh, the yeah. scene I'm ta- the scene I'm talking about is 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 the subway sequence. Oh, okay. Um, for me, that that was on a pretty level playing field with the with the sort of whole opening scene, and that you know I think it really built tension very well. Um, you know, it did a good job, and I I I think that probably plays on people's fears a little bit better as well. We've all been in you know a, a train station or a bus station or somewhere late at night and you're the only one there and you know and you hear a rustling from around you know and it can be you can you can get freaked out you know you you'll have seen the, you know the memes like when people turn out their own like lights and their landing just before they go to bed and as soon as the light goes out they run to bed yeah because you think it's a bit like that isn't it it's like you're in there on your own and it's sort of playing on that fear of of you know someone watching you and someone being behind you and in this case obviously it's a werewolf so like, I, I, I really I, enjoyed that sequence as well well i didn't enjoy myself at work one day so i i was home already and i was home early and i was meant to be doing a night shift and uh there was only one guy that wasn't on the night shift with the rest of us at that flat we were in and i heard him do it i was broken i was in bed just <laughs> laughing about it because obviously he thought he was the only one in the house you know yeah so he's done that and all you heard was the click of the light switch and the and then click of the light switch so he'd run all over the corridor his bedroom he'd run into his bed and then i just was pissing myself laughing and just switched on the tv and he's like fuck's sake who's here <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, like, but you're right, you know, because I think we've all probably done it at some point as well. You just get, yeah. it's, it's just weird, you just get this, this weird sort of sensation, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and, um, yeah, it is, it's a creepy feeling. It's almost, there's almost no sort of way to sort of put it into words. Um, yeah, but it's a natural fear of the dark, so that's what most human beings have. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's a completely rational fear. Yeah. Um, so those are probably the two scenes or sequences for me that really do exemplify the horror. They're probably the highest points aside from the transformation scene and the special effects. See, that I genuinely about. thought it would have been the mirror. Well, well is, there, is there any other scenes for you that you think, you know, did did a really good job of sort of the horror aspect of things? Well, the mirror. <laughs> and, and the bit in the theatre where they're just sitting there and he's talking to the dead bodies, that's quite cool. But, but does that really exemplify the horror? Because I, I, I get what you're saying. I think it is, you know, when... See, this is the thing for me, and this is one of the things, right, that I kind of have an issue with this movie. You know, horror comedies, we know, we've talked about this before, it's a, it's a really difficult thing to get a horror comedy right. Uh, it's a fine can, line, yeah. You can either go way too far in one direction and have it be overtly horror, and then you've just got these you know, little bit pieces of comedy in there and it tends to not really work because the tone's a little off. Or it can be go into the so funny category that, or not even funny, just so trying to be funny category that suddenly you've got this thing that just doesn't work whatsoever. 
yeah. there are very very few films that tread that balance really well and we know the classics that do it you know Shaun of the Dead Tucker and Dale versus Evil these are the sorts of films that we're talking about when you're out yeah. saying these are exemplary horror comedies and for me it's not even that this movie leans too far on one side I think for me it doesn't lean far enough to either side yeah see this is right you're hitting this on the nail because this is exactly what I was thinking rewatching this. And I was like, it's it's not went to one extreme and had the other bits playing in the background. It's it's walking the tightrope too well, if you know what I mean. It's 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 almost too clean. Like I, it's, yeah. it's just it's so difficult to put like put it into words, but it's almost like it's almost like he's done they've done too good a job. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, because it's like, like perfect example is when you're at a circus and you see a guy walk a tightrope perfectly, right? You look at that and you think, well, that was fucking easy. <laughs> Whilst you see the guy coming out and do the comedy act on it, bouncing up and down, and it's a million times harder than the one that looked clean. Yeah. But but you look at that and you're like, fuck me, that's difficult. It's it's that sort of route that went. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, you have to have like a little bit of smoke and mirrors with it, don't you? You have to have something in there that makes it look like it's like it makes it look like something it's not and yeah and it it, 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 just, it never really does that i remember and that, as we were saying earlier i remember this movie being incredibly funny yeah and watching and... it back it it, it it don't get me wrong there are some humorous moments in it um yeah but i don't know as well as if I just, there were certain aspects watching it as a child, I just didn't get. Like, as a kid, and I was very, very young, I think, when I watched this the first time, I was maybe like eight or yeah. nine. Yeah, so I, I didn't really get. Well. I didn't really get the fact that they were in a porn theater. Yeah, like, I never got that either. And, like, this movie came out when I was born, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, 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 I remember somebody had got a hold of this video and the usual theater that was our one when we were kids was lunch breaks and uh yeah like we we were watching i think we watched it like three different bits which Mm -hmm. didn't help it but we still loved it because of basically the transformation and all that stuff but as you said it's when you realize that they're in a porn theater that you're like what the fuck you know (laughs) it just it just for me because i actually think that's a really good scene you know he's bumped back into jack jack's at his most you know deformed or however you want to call it decrepit and he's getting yeah. introduced to all of his victims and yeah you know, they're, I, all I telling, they're all telling him all these different ways for him to kill himself i think that's yeah. a great scene but then in the background you've got this woman coming yeah <laughs> and it just yeah it, it takes that away a little bit <laughs> it's so to- like tonally it's just so bizarre yeah and as a movie it, it does that quite a few times. There's a really lo- like long sex scene in the middle yeah. of this for kind of no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Like, like the, you, you, you knew they were going to hook up. Yeah, but of course. I, see, this is the thing. I thought that the sex scene, that's how she's going to become one, if you mm. know what I mean. Well, it, I mean, it, 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 that sort of feeling as if they've missed out part of the film where she's now a werewolf. Well, that's the thing, you know. They have that, you know, they have that brief scene where they say, "Oh, so like they kind of they dismiss a couple of the old classic werewolf tropes as well." You know, they say silver bullets and that is just a myth in this, and um, uh. 
which I kind of like because we've talked about this before when it comes to sort of vampire movies. You know, I, I, I we kind of like when they sort of break with tradition and play by their own rules a little bit. I think we talked about yeah. that when we were doing Near Dark, weren't we? Yeah, um, exactly. So I, I I didn't I didn't mind that sort of thing as well. But yeah, like there's just this this really long sort of sex scene. You've got the bit in the in the in the porn theater, and then isn't he watching porn as well at home at one point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's just and it kind of focuses on it, and it's just it's just weird. It just doesn't yeah. for me. It doesn't really. I don't know if they were going for it to be like, because you know we'll talk about the soundtrack in a minute as well but there's they, they tried to have, be a bit comedic with the soundtrack as well at certain points you know you've got so many different fucking versions of blue moon in this movie um Aye. i was just about to say it was you know it was one of those things i don't know if you remember do you remember when insidious first came out and they had um tiptoe through the tulips play playing in that film and there was kind of a big felt like there was a big sort of outcry from the horror community at that point that it was a really big trope that was getting overused at the time was having sort of cheerful sounding songs playing during horror films. Yeah. And watching this obviously be released in 1981 just goes to prove that that's always been an issue. That's not a modern issue because, you know, you, at this time you think you had like, what, you had Halloween 2 as well coming out and you had Mr. Sandman playing over that. Um, so there was a couple of examples of that happening even as far back as this as well. And, pro- and pr- you know, probably even further back than that as well. Um it just feels like the com like they never ever fully committed to the comedy. It feels like the porn was there to be comedy, to be funny, it, and yeah, it, it feels no- like they've thrown that in is like a what's the way of putting it? Like to like catch your eye and throw you off a little bit to make you feel uneasy, if that makes sense. But there's no punchline to it. There's I no, know that's no, what I mean. Yeah, there's no actual gag. It's yeah. just this scene is happening oh by the way they're watching porn in the background and it's a long scene as well we're not talking about a short i think if it was a shorter scene they probably would have gotten away with it a little bit but that scene is such a long scene that it's almost a little unnerving yeah and don't get me wrong who doesn't love a good porn film well yeah but it's 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 like they're trying to do something else and it's just it's weird like i don't know how to describe it it's it's very weird and for me as well one of the things i think probably one of the and besides that the, the 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 other big issue i have with this film the pacing of it feels very off yes it's a very oddly paced movie at times it absolutely races through sections of the film and yeah. then you'll spend fifteen minutes sitting in the porn theater. You know what? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, with the pacing of the film so off. It's actually it's an hour before we get this, the full transformation scene, and it's a yeah. movie that's only um, an hour and thirty or thirty-five minutes, thirty-six minutes, something like that. So you're two thirds of the way through the movie before you even get that transformation scene, and it's only after that that everything really starts to kick off. Before that, all you're really getting is this sort of relationship that David is, and this very inappropriate relationship, by the way. That this How nurse... is that inappropriate? Because it's a nurse and her patient. They're not allowed to do that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. No, that's that's a thing. Like, nurses and doctors can't date their patients. There's... No, I'm not having that. There's there's nothing wrong with a nurse dating <laughs> her patient. That's absolutely a thing. That That's... Like, doctors, I understand, but nurses, come on. No, that's 100% a thing. Doctor, like, surely. Right, okay. That There you go. 
that is the call for the week. If you have an opinion out there or know of rules and laws in place for nurses dating, or not even dating, just sleeping with their... Because these two aren't dating. But you got to remember, right? I, I apologise for saying this. I know it's the 80s. I, I apologise for saying this, but I'm not just going by the 80s. I'm going by even nowadays. Nurses are filthy. <laughs> <laughs> I have never, and I understand why they're so close to death all the time, and all that fucked up shit that happens to them, they like to live life to the max, and that goes for drinking, that goes for, uh, that goes for, <laughs> that that goes for shagging, that goes for everything. Basically, podcast they, of the they, podcast of the damned by no means uh, condones the use of illicit substances. I, I never said anything, I just I couldn't breathe for a second. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just putting out a disclaimer. Okay. But, the, like, I have never met one, and don't get me wrong, I guarantee there's plenty that don't do that, but the majority of them live life to the max. But that's the thing, right? They, they, they've got to, if you know what I mean. Like, fuck your rock stars and everything, party like a nurse. <laughs> party like a nurse. I like that's, That should be our new slogan. Party like a nurse. Party like a nurse. Well, I, 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 listen, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people going out there and living life to the max. I'm yeah. not saying, uh, what I'm saying is, I'm relatively confident there are rules and regulations that mean that nurses cannot date and shag their patients. Well, I, I, I know of two nurses who shagged a patient that I know very well. Okay, but... That I'm sure it happens. I'm not disputing the fact that it happens, um, yeah. but I, I'm just say, stating that there it, there are issues around it. Well, so if you are out there, if you're a nurse, essentially if you're a nurse, or if you know someone who's a nurse, get in contact with us because we want to know what are the rules and regulations around nurses having um, out out of work relationships with with their patients. Email us at podofthedamned at gmail.com or get us on our socials. Because I want to know. I really actually want to know the answer to this. So so would this be taboo, right? I'm not mentioning names here, but say you met a nurse before you were in hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So so you'd slept with said nurse. Okay. And then when you were in hospital, perhaps getting a limb fixed, <laughs> uh, you, <coughs> you slept with said nurse again. Would that be against well, no because you then have a pre-existing relationship and that's different okay because there are workplaces out there that that have in their rules that you know staff and people colleagues can't ha- have relationships other than like you know um what's the words not like not a non-platonic relationships um okay. but obviously if you have a pre-existing relationship it's against the law to then be like well you can't continue that relationship so, so having a pre-existing one is fine. So that one's fine. Yeah, so as far as, it, I'm, as far as I believe. I mean, and, and I listen. Say, say, for example, the other one is uh, you met one when you were getting something else done at hospital. <laughs> and, a colonoscopy when she asks how many fingers you want up your arsehole. <laughs> and two days Sorry, later... Did that just, did that just slip out? <laughs> well, it slipped in. No, I... Uh, <laughs> And then uh, when you see her out in town, uh, she sees you with your crutches and 
she's like, oh, how are you feeling? Ah, and then you go back to the nurse's dorm. Would that be against the rules? Well, I, I, well, this is the thing, right? And this is where the, maybe some of the confusion comes into place. But in this movie, they begin their relationship in the hospital. Like, that's the thing. What? That's the thing that confuses me about this as well. Like, she's just met this guy. Like, literally just met him. And they're 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 straight into a full blown fucking relationship. Yeah, but here's the other one. What if you met the nurse in hospital and then you married her? Hmm. You know, there's many levels to this. I'm not saying it's not a complicated issue. I'm not saying it's black and white. All I'm saying is that there are issues around this issue. I'm not I, saying I, I'm not saying what I think is right or right or wrong. Yeah. Um, but there are definitely issues around this. There, there must be. There has to be, and I would guarantee that there almost is. But like, the, the, the everyone knows I was fucking me that I was talking about. But it's not as embarrassing <laughs> as being next to your grandfather who's in hospital. And the doctor walks in, and you realise that that's somebody you'd slept with, and your mother and everyone's there, and they're like looking at you, looking at her, and then when you're leaving, you go, "I genuinely thought she was a nurse." Uh, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm relatively confident, Nico, that you've not shared that story before. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, my my mother still brings up all this time, like. Yeah, uh, I was sitting in the hospital next to my grandfather who's in bed, uh, looking like he's away to pass. And yeah, my mother clocked it straight away because the doctor walked in and she had a bright red face. And I'm like, shit. And then uh, I'm like, how do I get out of this one? And then she's like, hi, I'm... And I'm like, yeah, yeah, i never met you before in my life, honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm not picturing you naked right now while I'm taking your hand. Uh, thank you for taking care of my grandfather. And then uh, on the way home, my mother was like, yeah, you, you slept with her. And I'm like, mm, yeah. And uh, she's like, yeah. How badly uh, would you like me to not make this the promo clip? <laughs> You can if you want. My mother still brings it up now. That's a disturbing you know thing. For once, for once, I think I might pass. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to put up nurses are all filthy. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you know me too well. You know me too well. Um, so, yeah. But here's the thing. The reason <laughs> I said about if the nurse meets them at the hospital and they get married, that's how Zeta's parents got together. Well, that's what I'm saying. Look, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm not saying whether I think it's right or wrong that it doesn't happen. All I'm saying is that I'm relatively confident that there are certain rules around how certain things come about. I'm not. 100%... I understand it with doctors because they're actually treating you. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying nurses. Wait, wait, are but not you say that. You say I'm that. Just, but ninety percent of your treatment will be from a nurse. Yeah, but I'm. I'm just meaning they're. Like, normally it's the doctor that says the treatment you're getting and the nurses perform it, is what I mean by that. Oh, I bet it's, they do it's... perform it. <laughs> Some do. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, if you are a nurse and you're listening to this, we're sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> please don't let us die when we come into hospital. And can I just say, if I've ever got my arm and, like, hug up above my head... It is a very good experience getting a blowjob at that point. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I would like to thank all the nurses out there who do fuck your patients. Thank you. Okay, I much. might make you're, that part of the problem. <laughs> just, just put thank you all the nurses out there because I'm uh, relatively the confident. Is great. I'm relatively confident that if we were ever in consideration for a sponsorship deal, that our promo <laughs> clips would stop us from getting them. I wonder why. I, I don't. I don't possibly know. I think we might get. You know, we might get a sponsorship from like family planning or something. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus Christ. Anyways, uh, shall we drag ourselves kicking and screaming back to the movie? Ah, okay. Okay. So let's talk about... Because this is what I want to get on about. Let's talk about what? The end. Oh, the end. Okay. Like, okay, yeah. Go on then. Go on then. What's your thoughts on the end? And I said end. What did you think I was going to talk about? No, you you just... Uh, You you blanked out. No, it's, it's just, right. I realized how much of a disappointment this ending feels like. What, the just kind of, the suddenness of it? Yeah, it's like, you expect something big to happen and then, pff, he's dead. He's just dead and then it roll credits. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know, like, uh, I remember kind of liking the ending. It's again, it's one of those things that I think I remember more fondly than I it actually deserved. Yes, um, this is the other thing, yeah, because I remember how that ended, right, and I thought, that's such a good way to do it. And then when you rewatch it, you're like, all oh, that build up in that like 35 minutes, and that's all I'm getting? What the fuck? Yeah, and I think, well, that's the thing as well. And it goes back to the sort of pacing issues of it, because the first hour of this movie is pretty slow. And then they cram so much into that last sort of 20, 30 minutes. And then there's just an ending. It ends. Yes. Yeah. And it's that, it's, it's, it. it's very jarring. It's very very jarring. And like Animal House has a better ending. <laughs> wow, wow, that's scathing. I know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm using that as an example because it's the same director. Oh yeah. Um, but there's just you know in this sort of, the big sort of finale when he bursts out of the theater, there there you know there there's a lot of chaos, and yeah. up until this point it really hadn't been a chaotic type of film you know all of the the scenes where the previous scenes where he'd attacked people had generally been all quite suspenseful and you know building of tension and especially in that opening scene as well in the subway scene and when he kills the homeless men and 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 all of that and then suddenly the big finale is just this big cacophony of noise and car crashes and and it, it just feels out of place yeah it it it's, I know it sounds stupid, but it feels like you're just getting into it, and then it's done. It does, it, it feels like, you know what it feels like? You know when you're playing a video game, right? And you're you're facing a boss. I think pro- probably playing something like Dark Souls or something is probably the best comparison. And you're playing one of the bosses, and you defeat the boss. But then it turns out that that's just level one of the boss. And they have like a whole other level, and their health bar refills to a different colour, and you're like, oh, fuck. I've got to go do no, that again. It, right? It's the no, 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 let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. It feels okay. like the, the movie just ended at the end of the first level. Yes! That was just the way to say it. It feels like the opposite of that. It feels like you've just done the boss, and you're like, he's a way to regenerate, and it rolls credits. Yeah, you're like, eh, that's... did I just complete in like an hour? Yeah, and 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 
there's there's a sense of disappointment around it and in a way that's a good thing because it means you have enjoyed the film like if you're disappointed by how it ended it it does mean you've enjoyed the rest of the film regardless of the criticisms that we have given this film i think we can both still agree that we still like this film yeah but it it was it was very disappointing i was hoping for a significantly better ending and i think if had we gotten a better ending i think we probably could have forgiven a lot more of the criticisms that we've had for the rest of the film yeah 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 that's, yeah but because the ending was so disappointing for me it it it, it left me being like well that's quite a few things actually in this film that have, have, have kind of let me down a little bit yeah, it's like that girl you've always loved at school, you know, your first crush, you finally get to shag her and you're like, thank fuck you weren't my first. <laughs> you always have to make it about sex, don't you? No, but that's the easiest way I can relate it, but you know what I mean? It's like... Was she a nurse as well? School. No, she was You were hot at school, you were fucking amazing, you were the one that I always wanted to do something with. And then you finally do, and you're like, yeah, I would have rather went home and did a wank. Wow. Okay, there you go. Well, to, to, to if that woman is out there listening to this episode, Nico does not remember you fondly. I've, I wonder if she does listen because she's still on my friend's list on Facebook. Oh, oh. If hearing that story, would she know who she is? Possibly, yes. Oh, it's it, 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 it got brought up. Ah, this sounds so savage. I can't believe I'll tell you this. <coughs> oh no. Uh, so You've we were now. You have to. I uh, know. <laughs> so we were out, group of friends, and luckily it wasn't school friends because it was just folk that she knew from work were seeing folk that I knew from my work at the time. And this is definitely pointing out who it is. Fuck me. Why am I saying this? <laughs> right. So <laughs> shit. So she she basically said at the table that we slept like a couple of weeks before to one of her friends uh-huh. and I'd heard it in Chinese whispers getting back to me that I am uh, really glad that, that Nico's amazing in the sack sort of thing and uh, that I, I basically sort of spout my drink and went fuck me she like a sock of spuds oh, and, no. uh, and, and she overheard me because she was walking past me as I said it and oh. I'm like Oh, no. So oh, if, no. if if on the show next week Nico has had some sort of unfortunate injury or sadly couldn't be with us <laughs> for whatever reason, we're 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 gonna know where to look first. Yes, Nico, you this may be your last week on this earth. <laughs> it was like it genuinely, it was awful, but uh, yeah, it it just reminded me that it was just. I've always wanted this sort of thing, and then it was just shite. Plus, how, this movie how, is... how have we gotten here from the know, ending I... of An American Werewolf in London? Because it's such a big letdown like that was. It was just like, you know, the, the, the like, when he transforms is like the falling in love with the person. You know, you're like, this is going to be the love of my life sort of thing. She's amazing, all that sort of stuff. That's, that's that point. That's the bit where you're like, your first love, your first crush. And then you get the 30 minutes or so where it's like, yeah, it, it's going to happen at some point. It's never going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. It's never going to happen. It's the build up. And then it's the actual act itself. And you're like, fuck me. Why did I do that? It was awful. The fantasy was so much better than the reality, basically. Okay. 
Okay, wow. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes it makes 100% perfect sense, Nico. Um, yeah. It may result in your death, but... Yeah. It makes sense. I can't sense. believe I fucking said that. Um, not going to kill me. Is, let's, let's move on then, shall we? And let's try to do a little bit of damage limitation here for you. Um, is there anything else about an American werewolf in London that you want to talk about? Positives, negatives, anything else that we've just not covered yet? Uh, not really. Like the the, it's I'm I'm still slightly upset at how much I was disappointed <laughs> in the movie. I think I think I agree with you. I think uh, it's a shame almost that it's it's ended up being like this as well because you know it it it's it's like a whole sort of. I could, I'm trying. We've been trying to fa- use this entire episode to try and find ways of kind of putting into words how this movie's kind of made us feel, and we've used a few different various things, and it's almost like, you know, the saying like "Don't meet your heroes" because they're never going to be uh, as good as, you know, what you've built them up to be in your head. This movie's uh, a little bit like that. It's like you know what? See if you remember this movie fondly. Maybe yeah. Just, maybe just leave it at that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know how you all, I've thought of the perfect analogy for this, and it's not even sex related, <laughs> right? I, like, do you know what it's like? Stop killing this, me, you prick. This is the nostalgia thing, right? So this is like, you know when you went out when you were 18 with your mates, and it was like the best time of your life, mm-hmm. and then you sort of lose contact with a few of them. It's like when you're 40 and you meet the one that you used to go with, daily nightly all the time you did everything with your mate and you're like let's go for a beer and it's just like i've got nothing in common with you you're boring as fuck the thing you actually had in common with them even back then was just the fact that you drank well it's not even that they still drink but it's just now they're a chardonnay guy yeah but that's what i'm saying you're older and you're more. Well, I say you're more mature. You're you're Nico. Um, I'm definitely not more mature. <laughs> n- no, I think most of our listeners will probably agree with that, Nico. Yeah, just a little bit. Um. So yeah, but no, you're right. You're definitely right. That's a good analogy for it. We've we've. I think we've tried to come up with a few good analogies. So if you don't yeah. understand what we're saying to you at this point, then you're I too think, young to. I think we should probably just stop talking and move on, move on. Yeah, um, there's yeah. nothing else that I really want to get into around this movie. I do like the soundtrack. I did sort of briefly mention it earlier. Um, I've got a little bit of trivia about that as well. So, um, shall we just get into the trivia? Uh, how Bad Moon Rising is it and all that stuff. Well, we'll talk about it in a second because we're about to talk about the trivia. I'm sure if we bashed your head in, all sorts of secrets would come tumbling out. I, I, I do know that uh, Blue Moon's in it like four times or something. There are three separate versions of Blue Moon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but every song credited on the track has the word moon in its title. Does it? It does. There are a few uncredited songs that don't, but every credited song has the word moon in their title. Yeah. So, there you go. That's, that's, Cause that's, I remember moon dance then. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think that's quite a, 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 a fun fact. Um, this movie, according to IMDb, had a budget of ten million dollars, which in nineteen eighty one was a was not insignificant budget. Yeah. Uh, and grossed worldwide at the time thirty point six million dollars, according to IMDb, which is a very a tripling its money. It's a very good re- return on interest for the nineteen eighties, the early eighties uh, at that. But did they not just throw money at him because he just did the Blues Brothers though? Yeah, 
Well, like I was saying, ten million is a, a very big budget for this kind uh. of film at that time. Uh. Uh, as I've said earlier, the first film to win the Academy Award, it was Best Makeup, sorry, not Best Special Effects, Best Makeup. Um, oh, okay. The category was created in 1981, so it was the first year that there was a category for Best Makeup, and this movie won that. Um, yeah. Michael Jackson was completely bowled over by this movie, uh, including the makeup and the special effects. He insisted in pretty much hiring... The, the, t- the team to make his thriller video. John Landis yeah. uh, obviously directed it was his first music video and he essentially brought on what he would call his werewolf crew which was uh, Robert Painter who did some cinematography Elmer Bernstein who did the creepy music, Rick Baker who is the probably the famous one to come out of it from doing special makeup effects and his wife De- uh Deborah and Adulman, who did the costume design, they all they all worked on uh, the thriller video. Yeah. Um, right. This person, there's a there was someone else considered originally John Landis's first choice for the role of David, our main character. Uh, he originally wanted it to be played by Donald Sutherland. Oh, I would have loved that. I thought you would have. I thought you would like that. That, that would have been, I, I don't mean this in a bad way. Actually, no, I mean this totally the way it sounded. That would have been so much better. Because uh. he works so well with Jenny. Like, Oh, we've lost Nico once again. Yeah. He's gone. Hello? He worked so well with Jenny Agutter. Yeah. Oh, was that I, the end of your point? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did, did you not hear that? I, didn't I, I, I got it, it's fine. Um, there's a few a few more pieces to go. Uh, the Moors. The, the... Them two worked well in that. Um, like the one. What is it? The Eagle has landed or something like that. They were in. Yeah, yeah. So it would have worked so much better, I think. Okay. Uh, the Moors in this film were actually filmed in the Black Mountains in Wales, so it was actually Wales uh, that portion of the film they were in. It's definitely not Welsh accents, by the way. It was not Welsh accents. No. Um, for. Uh, the blood in this film, they used cranberry jam. Yeah. Um, they tried to use the song uh, Moon Shadow uh, by Cat Stevens in this movie, uh, but Cat Stevens actually wouldn't allow them to get the rights to the song because he actually believes that werewolves exist. Fuck off. So... <laughs> <laughs> Is that your? Oh, that sounds like that could be your favorite piece of trivia that we've ever had on the show. I just love the fact that somebody called Cat Stevens thinks werewolves exist. <laughs> uh, and finally, in total, in this movie, the werewolf has only one minute of screen time. That is disgusting. We we Shut often up. talk on this on this podcast about how less is more. But you, you needed more in there. Do you think that's too little? I think that I think that is way like for how good that werewolf is, that is utterly disgusting. Because you know when we're sitting there saying, "Oh, this needs more werewolf," right? We're not sitting there saying it needs half an hour of werewolf. I'm no. sitting here saying instead of you know one minute of screen time, it maybe could have had three. Exactly. It needs more cowbell. Yeah, I think this is possibly an occasion where 
they've went too, a little too far in the less is more direction. Yeah. So, but that's it. That's all I've got. Trivia. Um, Nico, I don't. I don't know if you do. Do you have anything about this film that you would like to share? Uh, no, I've got all the stuff about nurses off my chest already. Uh huh. I'm sure you'd like them back on your chest. Uh, up next, we'll go on to our next segment, and we are talking about the ratings and the reviews. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we'll start off as always with the Craig scores. <laughs> yeah. IMDb scored this movie a 7.5 out of 10. Metacritic scored at 5.5 out of 10. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes critics scored this movie? Uh, sorry, I missed the last two scores. You blanked out there. Uh, IMDb gave it a 7.5, 5.5 from Metacritic. Rotten Tomatoes critics, what you get? What do you think they gave? critics probably about a seven seventy percent maybe one day you'll remember that rotten tomatoes is a percentage i I know (laughs) it's a percentage but i i always say like uh, uh, yeah i always say it wrong sorry so 70 percent for the critics you're saying what do you think the audience see i think the audience will be nostalgia will push it higher i think it'll be like an eight well eight 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 percent yeah (laughs) Okay, so uh, you were slightly out with the critics. The critics scored at eighty nine percent, but you were pretty close with the audience. They scored at eighty five. So you're you're pretty much right on there. Critics consensus: terrifying and funny in almost equal measure. John Landis's horror comedy crosses genres while introducing Rick Baker's astounding makeup effects. As always, we throw it out to you guys, our listeners, asking for your opinions and your scores. Movies for days, guys, I've got to give it a 10. Cheeky humour, genuine scares, outstanding gore and makeup effects, tons of fish out of water strangeness, rather than trying to fit into a neat category. This movie is definitely its own animal. See what they did there? Uh, That was was way too cheesy, I like (laughs) it. Jasmanian Demon says definitely a 7 out of 10 closer to an 8 than a 6 though I like the Dead Friends makeup effects a lot but I always forget the ending no matter how many times I watch it ZX Scarecrow gives it 9 best transformation in any werewolf movie uh, our friend Boomer See, over at I just realised they just might have got something there maybe that's why they did it because you forget the end you think so they... it's you think they, like they, they so you'd forget the ending and you would just remember the transformation scene? Yeah, I've, that's whoever said that. I always forget the ending. It's made me think maybe they did it deliberately. Well, Jasmanian demon, you know, you might have hit on something there. Um, our friend Boomer over at Podcast in the Woods says a very solid eight out of ten. It's effective, humorous, and over forty years old, so timeless. Fright Fang says the transformation scene alone makes me give it at least an eight. Even by today's standards, the effects are impressive. Rags von Grimm says absolutely a ten. Very few films can balance both outrageously funny moments with parts of wonderful spooks. The timeless transformation scene and the FX in general are just so wonderful and cemented my love of all things practical effects when I was far too young to see it. And finally, again, friend of the show, Ren, says, I'm genuinely not a werewolf fan, but I enjoy this one, mostly for the transformation scene and the fact that his mate tortures him from the beyond while continuing to deteriorate is 7 out of 10 for me. And across all of our social medias, on average, you guys, our listeners and followers, scored 
scored this movie an 8.5 out of 10. There were very, very few people that actually gave this a low score. Most people gave it a 7 or above. Um, so yeah. it was an 8.5 in general. And that just leaves us. So, Nico, on a scale of 0 to 10, what are you going to score on American Werewolf in London? I hate to say it, I'm giving it a 5. Oh! A 5? Yeah. Wow. Because that's it, it let... Because it's let me down so much. Like, like I, when I rewatched it, I'm like, okay, that's that's because right. See, before I rewatched this, mm-hmm. I would have straight away been like eight, nine out of ten, right up there. And then when I rewatched it, I'm like, okay, about a seven. And then I rewatched it again. I'm like, I take the score down again. What the fuck? Uh, and it's I feel disgusted with myself, but I think because I've been like looking and like analyzing it in my head it's not as good as what i remember you know what nico right i'm just having a look through um all of the rate all of the scores you've given all of the movies right that we've covered yeah. so far on this show and there are only five movies that you've given a lower score to than american uh- werewolf in london yeah because it's it's such i know there's it sounds two, bad two, but it's such a letdown there's two movies you've given you've also given a five to but there's only five out of the 36 that in those five i don't think you'll be surprised to hear are lost boys the tribe attack of the herbals zombievers cockneys versus zombies and the child's play remake those are the yeah. only movies that you've scored lower than this yeah you gave well, you also worse. gave deep blue sea a five and you gave world war z a five so those are the two that match it See, yeah, I would put it on par with the two of them now. Wow. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Like, see, giving it a five to me indicates that this is just a bang average film, right? And I, I still like this film. I still think it's an above average film. I think the practical effects, the makeup, I think some of the scares that we were talking about, I still think all of those things combined make this to be a better than average film. Despite the fact that, you know, it's probably no longer one of my top werewolf films, werewolf films generally is just a genre that I'm not particularly interested in anyway. Um, right. I still, I still, I would still place it quite high up on the list of werewolf films. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Okay. See, I, I thought you'd have been about a six. So yeah, that's, that's probably about right. Um, but no, which... it's, it's genuinely like, put it this way. I totally agree with you. The FX are above and beyond. Like, they are absolutely amazing. But there are other movies which have had amazing, amazing special effects that were absolutely gosh. And I'm not saying this is gosh. I'm saying it's a bit of a letdown at the end. I'm not the bit at the start is great. There's, it's, it's too, it's too messed up to be like as high in my esteem as it used to be it's too like it's it's not that funny compared to what it used to be when i was a kid it's like they went for childhood humor over everything you know what i mean so kids will find it funnier younger folk will find it funnier and it's it's there's the endings just the ending like the ending took off three points straight away oh wow um, listen, I'm not disagreeing with some of the points you've made there. I just, I think I still, I think 
I think I still just hold it a little bit in a little bit of a higher regard. Like, don't get me wrong, I was a little disappointed going back and visiting it. I don't yeah. think I feel as betrayed as you do. Yeah, because, like, genuinely, if this had worse special effects, I would put it in the shit category. Wow. Wow. That's okay. That's interesting. It, it also marks uh, one of those rare occasions where I score a movie higher than you do. I know that. And the thing is, I was I, I did not think that would be the case when... Like, when we were talking about doing this, what was it I said to you? I goes, it's one of my most favourite movies I've seen. You were hyped, it's just, for, you were hyped I know. to do this film. You were so hyped I know. to do this film. And now I'm just like, meh. Oh, could you imagine if you'd done that to the Lost Boys? I know. I, oh, see, if I had happened with the Lost Boys, I would have I been like, nah, I'm not doing another podcast. <laughs> You're ruining, you're ruining my fucking films that I love. That's what I'd be like. And, and genuinely, this feels like it ruined a classic to me, if you know what I mean. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, all of our scores then, combined with the critic scores, gives An American Werewolf in London an average score of 7.2 out of 10. It puts it in 14th place of the now 36 movies that we've covered on the show. So, a little bit, just a little bit higher than where you thought it was going to come. You thought yeah. it was going to be in the sort of... 20 what 21st 22nd position and it's 22 25 22 25 and it's sitting in 14th so it's a little bit above that the 7.2 it's one place above arachnophobia it's one place below screen so it's a good i would have put arachnophobia above it i enjoyed watching that more both scored arachnophobia higher it was the critics um who really actually it wasn't even the critics the rotten tomatoes audience that really dragged that one down um by a couple of points uh so yeah we both gave i gave that a seven and a half and you gave it a seven so we would have definitely had it a couple of places higher up on the list um yeah. it's also just above uh, the original child's play which we had both rated higher yeah um it's got slither a few places below it which you had rated it quite a bit higher krampus is just below it which and event horizon and the special and the cottage and the faculty and hocus pocus and splinter these are all movies that are below it that we have rated not just like similar or higher but we've rated it a good couple of points higher and i'm not gonna the, lie i've not hit one yet that i would rather watch this uh, well after Splin- after splinter comes night watch which you rated higher i rated slightly lower yeah then I would still rather watch that again. World War Z, which is the film that's the first sort of film that we both didn't rate quite as highly. Uh, so uh, see, that's like on par with it, as I said earlier. I think that's a little harsh. Mm. I think it's a little harsh. But, you know, that's why we're here, to give out those yeah. sorts of opinions. Um, so thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone who sent in your thoughts uh, and your scores. We really do appreciate it. Nico, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me on again. No, it's no problem at all. Uh, like I say, we are back. Uh, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Damn Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Podcast of the Damned. You can email us, podofthedamned at gmail.com. Don't forget, if you're out there and you're aware of the rules and regulations regarding nursing nurses having relationships <laughs> with their patients, let us know, podofthedamned at gmail.com, or, did, or let us know on any of our social media platforms as well. I'd be delighted yeah. to hear it. And if we Which do, one broke the rule? That's what I want to know. If we do uh, get any responses, we will read them out 
on next week's show. Don't forget to support us over on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned. This week, I'm talking about the very controversial movie, a Serbian film. Uh, you can get that on the Patreon this week and uh, at the weekend, it will get released here on the podcast as well. But if you would like early access to that for just one pound and to all of our previous episodes on there as well, I've covered things like uh the actually what have i covered on there i've covered a couple of things i've done i've covered uh rob zombies halloween i've done pieces uh the minisodes i think for scream and texas chainsaw massacre are up there as well um and so up next will be a serbian film and there'll be more to come for that as well so do support us on our patreon patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned uh up next on the show we're sticking with the controversy though a little bit maybe not quite as controversial but definitely a movie that uh, splits opinion, um, shall we say. You know, a movie that sometimes gets to, you know, y- you think you might like it, but there's just always that giant butt in the way. Oh. Uh, you know, it's just... Shit um, happens, man. Shit, shit does happen. You know, shit really does happen. Um, you know, you just got to... You just got, you, to, you just got to eat shit and bear it. You, you do. You just have to, you know grin and, and bear all you gotta just bear everything uh, we're talking about the human centipede next week um so for those of a weak constitution you know we will be talking about oh, i think we're gonna have quite a lot to talk about nico might start bringing up his nurses again <laughs> i still i just want to know which one broke the rules that's all i want well, hopefully okay. hopefully someone out there knows and they can they can let us know uh, but yeah hopefully I, neither one uh but yeah next week we're talking about the human centipede so that is sure to be a very very interesting discussion uh between me and nico like i say so check that out as well uh thank you once again to nico for joining me thank you to everyone for downloading and listening to this episode we really do appreciate it and until next week on the podcast of the damned remember you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't